Welcome to the HelloFlow podcast, a space where we bridge together professional success and career alignment with personal well-being. I'm your host, Casey Cunliffe. Join me in conversations around driving your career while also being mindful of your overall well-being at a time when many people are awakening to their soul's purpose and navigating that messy but magical middle i offer this space for personal and professional growth and alignment and a place to ground and support you in your daily grind after tuning into this podcast i hope you receive the empowering counsel and actionable tools to usher in more ease and flow in your life and equip you as you discover, develop, and evolve your dharma. Now on to the episode. The special guest this week is a badass serial and social entrepreneur. Her name is Michelle Carmack, and she is a new friend of mine who is a community builder and founder of multiple businesses, including Oak and Pine Society and Gather Hawaii co-working and events. I wanted to bring Michelle on the podcast to tell her story of entrepreneurship, going from following the linear path of university education to corporate jobs to then taking a massive leap into entrepreneurship and all the twists and turns that have come with her journey so far. Our conversation went into so many different and fun directions, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I have in sharing the conversation. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the HelloFlow podcast, Michelle. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So for this series, I'm asking guests to tell their story. And I would love to hear the highlights of what drove you, um, your personal experiences, any major events that happened in your life that influenced you to be where you are now as a full-time entrepreneur. Gosh, when I hear full-time entrepreneur, that really gives me anxiety. (laughs) But it does allow me to, like, you know, really reflect back on my journey and how we got here. So I thank you for that question. Um, Where do I even begin, right? So I think the clarity came with me to me when I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I started thinking about, well, what would my life look like if I had a family? And what do I want for my family and that lifestyle that I want to live? So I was working a full-time job at the time. It was great. It was challenging. It got me out of my comfort zone. I learned the best skill that you could ever learn as an entrepreneur, which is copy and paste. (laughs) That's the best skill you can ever learn. Um, And I started to realize and recognize the other women who are in that job in leadership positions and I really admired them as a career person and I was like man I really want that and then I started to see them on the other side the personal side of like okay how are they doing this as being a full-time worker and a full-time parent Uh, and I didn't like what I saw once I really asked that question because I began to reflect on my own lifestyle Uh, growing up I come from a family of entrepreneurs I'm a first-generation American and I, my family flew from the Philippines, uprooted basically. And my mom, my grandma was and is a single mother of five. She left her kids in the Philippines, knowing that eventually she would make enough money to fly them and relocate them to Hawaii. Spoiler alert: she did. And my mom, and that was my dad's side. My mom, uh, at the ripe age of eighteen 
pretty sure she was younger than that. She, but she's just saying that because it's the legal age. <laughs> At the ripe age of 18, she decided that she wanted something different for herself and chose to move to Hawaii on her own. Her parents stayed in the Philippines and um, no community, no family down here, just knew she wanted a different life. And she started her own business, which led her to meeting my dad, which led her to making babies <laughs> and coming up with me. So growing up from a family of entrepreneurs, my mom was the chaperone of all excursions. My grandma, my family were at all rehearsals. There's no doubt like when I was sick, they would be picking me up and there's no question about it. And you know, maybe it was just me being naive and not knowing the challenges that come with entrepreneurship, but all I saw and chose to saw was the freedom that they had. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, that's what I want for my family, for myself. Um, decided to quit that job, start my own business, and nobody told me that it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> no one said, well, do you really want to do that? Because it's going to be a challenge. All I had was a fire in my pit passion for doing something I had no idea what and knowing that there was a different lifestyle I wanted and I decided to do this dramatic change and um, fast forward to today I'm a full-time entrepreneur after five going on six long years and um, it's been such a journey to self uh, a journey to what I'm passionate about and to the community that I never knew I was missing in my life. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. And it it sounds like, too, that you were able to make that shift from your traditional 9-to-5 job because you saw both your grandmother and your mom mm -hmm. um, be entrepreneurs, and that was their way of making a living. So it was like you saw, you know, see-to-believe type, type of scenario. Uh, how much of an influence did you know both of them kind of have on you in terms of your own thought process of mm -hmm. moving into entrepreneurship even though you started off in a traditional job and any advice they gave you along the way clearly they didn't say it's going to be really hard yeah um, yeah and I thank them for that because I think that if I got into my own head then I wouldn't have made the leap or mm -hmm. even tried you know and that's what I love about my family and I I come to realize that that's a, a privilege of mine of like having a very go-getter kind of you can do it kind of family and yeah. it's been good and bad at the same time because there's been moments where I'm like why didn't anyone why didn't you tell me that there's a different way of doing things you know yeah. um but to get back to your question you know, any advice that they gave me they really they really just led by example I would say mm -hmm. and what I saw was shoot if grandma could do it and not know how to speak a stitch of English or yeah. put two words of English together and she was able to support her five kids as a single mom when she was selling puka shells and cuckoo nuts in the old international marketplace as a kiosk then scaling that business to wholesale those kiosks and then flying her kids over like I was like grandma's a badass like mm -hmm. she could do it so can I and she had very limited resources and I have a lot more than she has now thanks to her and my mom and my family so I think for me it was just the advice the unspoken advice that they gave me was anything's possible yeah. that 
if you uh, just try and, you know, figure it out one step at a time and be consistent, uh, that you can make it happen. And I think one thing that they also taught me that they haven't said out loud and that they don't practice, which is why I learned it. Is this making sense as I'm piecing the puzzle together? What they are doing now is they've gotten very complacent with how they've grown their business. So they were able to grow and scale in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. But leading up to the millenniums, the millennials? Is that right? <laughs> the, the 2000s? 2000s? <laughs> I was born in 1900. Um, yeah, so leading up to that, I was I found that, you know, they could have done a little bit better with like tech and um, scaling their business to grow with it. And that's kind of what I'm taking that they didn't really, you know, implement into their mm -hmm. business and knowing that there's other ways of doing it. I think that a lesson that I've learned from that is just be aware of the business environment, how it's growing and evolving, especially in your industry, and how you can be ahead of the curve. Because I think that's the true way of scaling your business is being on top of those types of things, you know, and um yeah yeah so there's many unspoken advice that my family has given me uh and i appreciate them for that yeah mm -hmm. and so i actually want to go back to when you went to university and was that even though you had entrepreneur family was mm -hmm. that like an expectation um within your family for you to go to university and then because then you then graduated what kind of got you to just go straight to a traditional job versus mm -hmm. going straight into trying to have your own business? Well, I, I, I don't like saying this because it's so like cliche. Like I dropped out of college and then I'm an entrepreneur. Like <laughs> that's so cliche, but I, I did. So I went to school. I, I was never really the best learner in high school. Mm -hmm. So I did try to go to college and I was, you know, basically white knuckling through learning and like, oh, this, yeah. I'm not a great test taker, but I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I did it and I was doing good. But then I realized, cause I was paying for my own schooling as well. So I was not gonna become a stripper. That was not part of my moral set. <laughs> so stripping was out. Um, they didn't have OnlyFans back then. So, you know, maybe I could have gotten into feet pictures. Who knows? But <laughs> I realized, like, maybe let me just try to make money first. And we'll yeah. see where we go from there. So I went into retailing full time. That's where I learned how to sell. Um, and then after that, I went into banking for quite a bit, which my mom encouraged me to do because she knew I didn't want to go to school. So she encouraged me to, you know, try banking, and I did that for quite a bit. So because I was making pretty steady income, it was tempting, and I did take the temptation to just mm -hmm. drop out of school and just run with the full-time career. So um, I was, I'm like one credit away from my associate, which is <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, and then that led me to more of a clerical job. And that's when I started to work in a very corporate setting of, you know, banking is, it, sure, it's corporate. It has the framework and structure. Um, but this was like a, a real corporate job where we had different departments. We work closely. There's project management. There is like a lot mm -hmm. of clerical things, um, a lot of white collar structure there. So 
that's when I got the taste of it. And at that point, I thought that was going to be my career. I was like, yeah, mm. this is it. I like the stability. I like that there's a path. I love mm. the challenge. Um, I love the people who I'm working with because they're smart, capable, very supportive people. And when you're in a very um, high pressure environment, if you will, you feel like this connection with your teammates like mm-hmm. yeah we're in this battle together and it's us against the world and this is like what we're doing we're linking arms and we're fighting this yeah. battle together so it was like that kind of fire within us um, until I realized that there was something more that I wanted in my personal life mm-hmm. so even though I feel like I could have took this you know that career pretty far um, I chose to kind of pivot and find my find my own self and identity um, between work and life, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's a really interesting story where it's, you know, even though you had that entrepreneurial influences in your family, it didn't really hit you until you experienced the stable corporate job. Oh, for sure. Where it's, you know, and your mom also encouraged you hey you know go into banking yeah. you know that's a traditional kind of path yeah um and well, so you came to it on your own i mean yeah if anything watching my parents struggle yeah. <laughs> you know as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. i was like i don't want that nobody wants that yeah. that looks really hard um but it wasn't until i found a reason to go yes. through the struggle of like okay maybe maybe it's worth a shot mm-hmm. because having that you know steady eddy kind of job is very it's it's it feels safe you yeah know? yeah it's safe because you have that steady income coming mm-hmm. in is very predictable you have the path you know yes. you have like the the career path yep. this is what you do you go from associate mm-hmm. to manager or supervisor to mm-hmm. manager to leadership position like yes. there's a clear path that yes. you can take yeah definitely a lot of safety there um and then you know unfortunately nowadays it's not always guaranteed because there's layoffs too. Oh, for sure. Um, I think that's what the pandemic showed us, right? Yeah. It's like that fake or that facade of it's safe to be with an employer. Yes. I think we all realize that it's not true. You yeah. know, anything can happen, a recession or not, yeah. or a pandemic or not. Yeah. And even though you're in something that's stable, but if something's calling you, you know, internally, outside of your body that you feel called to do yeah um, or there's some kind of drive for you to address in the world or Mm -hmm. to serve um then yeah if you have a plan and if you have the support to Mm -hmm. to go for it so I'd love to hear that about your story in terms of what drives you and you talked a little bit about that in terms of how you wanted to see your family life Mm -hmm. um how was that transition when you did decide, okay, I'm in this corporate or regular job and there's something outside of me, outside of this, even though I can take stuff from this experience, what was that transition like? How did you feel like, how long did it take? Mm -hmm. Um, Was it an immediate leap or were you building stuff on the side? Man, I should have brought my journal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, for the record, Looking back on things in hindsight, I would have done things totally different. Um, I think that the common story of entrepreneurship is like, make the leap and who knows what happens. And that's just very, 
Very. Well, we need parents at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, <to tell> us, <laughs> yeah. like, no, don't do that. That doesn't sound, you know, responsible at all. Um, so, you know, looking back at it, I would have continued to build my business with my full-time job and find clarity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you're watching this, like take this as a grain of salt because everyone's journey is different. And in hindsight, for me, the situation and environment that I was in um, is totally different from your, you know, environment. So I, I, you know, for me, because the environment that I was in, it was very connected to local businesses. So I could have very well, you know, picked up a, a position that worked directly with these small businesses, understand what they're doing, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, how they're managing their staff, how they're growing, they're scaling, and then, you know, do the same path that I did, um, where I started with a community and then figured out what I wanted to um, grow from there and what industry I wanted to go into. Um, so, you know, looking back at the trans- transition that I had, um, with all that wisdom aside, um, looking back at the my transition, it was hard. Like mm-hmm. at that time, my circle of, of friends were still working with my pr- previous employer. A lot, and if not all of my friends were there because you just work and that's where, you know, mm-hmm. your circle of people are. My husband at the time was also working off island. So he wasn't there um, when I was, you know, going through these depressing moments of what, what have I done? Um, so I was really alone. And at, I also didn't have a dog at that time. Um, Chief, my dog, uh, he's a Staffordshire Terrier Lab. Well, get to him in a minute he's part of this story uh but that that was a very sad lonely you know very mm-hmm. awakening kind of year it was mm-hmm. a very long transition for me and in that within that time I realized that's when I wanted community I told myself there must be other people out there who are looking to design life on their terms who are cons- considering or even curious about entrepreneurship I feel most comfortable around women uh, because I went to all girls school in high school. Uh, my, you know, community has always been women. My family, obviously, I come, I come from a lot of strong female leaders there. So women has always been my jam. I always felt comfortable there. So I started with a community of female entrepreneurs, which is called the Oak and Pine Society based in Honolulu, Hawaii. And that's when we started having regular meetups, conversations, skill sharing, um, just a really safe space for us to be like, hey, here's what I learned. What did you learn? Can we grow together? And then also a really you know, safe container for us to be vulnerable of like, mm-hmm. I quit my job. I have no idea what's next. And I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from because those are still very honest conversations mm-hmm. that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that transition, you know, launching the Oak and Pine Society because I knew I needed it, that helps me through the first wave of my funk of like, okay, well, I'm just going to link arms with other people and try. Um, when that started picking up momentum, I then realized that like, if I'm going to make this my full time, I need to hit a certain number in order to live the lifestyle that I want and to be able to provide resources and fuel this community the way that it should be. Um, so that's when I realized like I'm not it, it. I don't know how to get it to that number. Mm-hmm. And because it was very community focused at that time. Right. 
Uh, I think for a lot of service-based businesses and a, com- a lot of community builders, we want to give, give, give. But then when you're building a community that's also a business, there's a balance between, well, what is the number that you can continue this community mm-hmm. for, you know, the people. Uh, so I was having that that rude awakening. I actually fell into like a really, you know, I don't want to call it a depression, but let's call it a depression. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like hard to wake up in the morning. It was hard for me to get into a routine. I was like, woe is me or what have I done kind of mentality mm-hmm. of like, what am I doing with my life? So much so that I got shingles at age 30. Wow. Yeah. the um, It's a lot the, of stress. It was a lot of stress, but it was very, I was very naive at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was blocking the stress. So when I got the shingles, I was just like, why? I feel fine. I'm totally mm. fine, you know? And it was just kind of out of my mind. Um, but going back to the transition, I, I couldn't get myself out of a funk. So I think the universe gave me chief. Uh, he was a three-month puppy. He's Staffordshire Terrier. We got, as you know, if you've had puppies before, that includes potty training, walking, all the things. And um, so he got me out of the funk by getting me back into routine. Mm-hmm. So knowing that this dog is going to wake up, want to go for a walk, um, he's going to have to go through training, potty training, all of those things. So he got me back off on my feet. Um, and... You know, those random hugs throughout the day doesn't hurt either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, the uh, long story long, uh, the transition was very rough. A lot of emotions, a lot of awakening moments of like, well, why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Because very much during that year, I could have easily went back to my previous employer. You know, yeah. I had, I was in good standings with them. There was nothing ill in terms of like why I left and, um, there was always other options. So mm-hmm. going through that and realizing that this is what I wanted to do, this is important to me, I know why I want to do it, um, that gave me the clarity to start to look at it as a business and be very responsible in that way. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing yeah. how that transition was. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, that there's a lot of discussion, you know, especially even Uh, during COVID and right after COVID about everyone, you know, wondering, is this it for me? You know, am I really happy doing what I'm doing for a living? Am I getting what I want out of it? What's this personal ROI? Uh, Mm -hmm. Am I passionate about about this? Um, But also to understand if you do want to leave, how are you setting yourself up for success? Have you explored a lot of other options that might make sense in the interim as you potentially make a, a transition or how you can create a life where you still have purpose and meaning and going after what you're calling it mm-hmm. um, while still having you know stability um, from a traditional job as well? So can definitely resonate in terms of also just leaving because that is what you needed at yeah. that time, whether mm-hmm. it's your body or your mind or what you needed at that time and not really knowing what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about you too. Like what was yeah. your big transition in life in general? Yeah. Mine was I experienced some massive, I call it my ultimate burnout mm. <laughs> from my previous job. I felt like if I kept in my position the route that I was going at the speed I was going I would potentially end up in a hospital oh wow um 
my I had physical symptoms, but mm-hmm. also just mentally and emotionally. And I could tell even my my brain wasn't fully there. Um, I so definitely, like brain fog and yeah, just, you know, disconnected def- or disassociated. Yes, and I definitely felt like I'm not delivering the way I used to deliver. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you know that on top of um, you know physically feeling like. I need to have a real break to step away. So anytime I do talk to someone yeah. and ask like, what is their reasoning? I also give the advice of, I would, I don't think I would ever, you know, advise anyone to just quit if they don't have any oh, yeah. kind of plan. It's so stressful. Yeah. And then also remembering like everyone's circumstances different. Yes. Like imagine a single mom who needs to provide yes. or a single dad who needs to provide for their kid. Yeah. It's like, I'm, you know, they're not just going to drop everything and be like, I'm yeah. going to be an entrepreneur now. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. It's it's a privilege mm-hmm. if you can just leave your job totally and um, be able to take a break um, or try your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so to think it through for sure yeah. um, is like the advice. Um, and so thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that story about Yes, you you know you knew you wanted to at the time you wanted to to go for something that you really believed in, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is how if I wanted to do this. Even though you know there's experience that you enjoyed there, yeah. um, but then the after effect was, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> am I doing the right thing? Did I make the right decision? What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I definitely had those times yeah. where I was like, um, okay, do I know what I'm doing? Um, but yeah, I think, you know, returning to your why, yeah. returning to this is why I did it. And part of it, too, is really understanding who you are mm-hmm. and um, knowing how you best operate and what is like, how, how do I want to create like that yeah. life? Um, so I'm actually curious before we go into like all of your different ventures mm-hmm. is there's what, so many. Yes. And they're <laughs> all amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, Thank you. What did you take from that corporate experience into how you either started or run or, you know, any inspiration behind any of your business ventures? Again, copy and paste. (laughs) Yes. Very important. Copy and paste. Very important. (laughs) If there's one skill that you can take from corporate America, it's copy and paste. PowerPoint presentations. (laughs) I think there's a lot. Like, I, I think learning how to work with people mm-hmm. is a big thing. Um, now that I'm in the business of, or now that my business in a, is in a season where I am starting to think, well, what and how are we going to scale it? Like, knowing, like, different departments and, like, even as an entrepreneur who's doing everything on your own, like, at one, I have an employee now, Sammy. Shout out to you. Hi, Sammy. Hello. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just a team of two. But before that, it, it was just me. And being able to compartmentalize of like, okay, who am I today? What department am I focusing on? Is it sales and marketing? Is it operations? Is it customer service? Like, what is it? And being able to kind of navigate through all of those different roles, I don't think I would have known that unless I worked in corporate America. Yeah. You know, And there's a reason why there's structure in there is because once you start to scale and you have so many people involved in this mission that you're pushing forward in this product and business like you have to give people direction yeah and that's what I chose to do with myself is like if I can choose to have those types of um, um, departments Mm -hmm. then I can be very focused Um, so 
that's one takeaway that I definitely took is is that. Um, but then also, like I mentioned earlier, like learning how to work with people. That's both internal. Like we have staff meetings up here pretty often. It's like a st- <laughs> it's like the team leadership team in my head. Um, and I think it's also knowing how to communicate, how to run meetings. Those are very important. Um, how to like process and project manage, you know, things. And uh, the business that I grew led me to be an event planner. Um, and and that's that's where I'm choosing to lay my hat as a as a career person. And it's it's been pretty good to know how to, you know, organize things and lead meetings, work with other people, stay organized, all of those things I, I learned from my full-time yeah. job. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that. And, and so the, the space I guess you're playing in is in events as an event planner. I also see just knowing all of your different ventures, community and mm-hmm. family-led family oriented um, are huge themes that I see threaded across. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd love to hear like what that means to you. I just really wanted to party all the time. (laughs) I just wanted to have like different experiences with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my biggest thing is like when I say party, I'm not talking about like, you know, in the clubs, 5 a.m. No, like I'm in bed by eight. Let's be real. But like experiences and yeah. and uh, a thought came up when we were talking earlier of like, well, realizing what you, why you want to be an entrepreneur for me and still to this day, I have to re-ask myself that question over and mm-hmm. over again because the battle that you experience early on in your business still follows you throughout the whole journey. Like um, it it's true when they say it, there's a lot of ups and downs in business and when you're in you know the value part of it you just have to really question well what what am i doing is this still aligned with what i want and who i want to be um and what i always come back to is experience like i want to be able to live this human experience with all the emotions good bad however you want to name it um and I want to experience it with people that I love that have the same values as I do. Um, I want to be able to contribute to my family the way they contributed to my life. So like having those moments of reflection uh, really aligns me with what and how I want to be. And, um, you know, as an event planner, and I'm not like a wedding planner, <laughs> I can't deal with bridezilla's more power to the women who I mean my wedding had eight people in it so that's 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 my relationship with weddings <laughs> but um I like destination management so this is with corporate America and doing like the travel logistics activities meetings conferences and it actually took me some time to get to the point of feeling comfortable to take on that kind of client because I was still, you know, healing from what I believed corporate America was. And now that I have this healthy distance from that lifestyle and I'm on a different relationship term with them, Mm -hmm. like I'm a contractor, I'm not an employee anymore. For me, it felt good. Um, And then it helped me realize that that's where I really want to grow into. I love the challenge of these moving parts. I love making it easy for 
the guests to experience on, on something that could be very complicated and stressful. Like, how can I make it easier for that person? Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it's it's fun to, it, I mean, the analogy I can think of, and <laughs> I tried coding once, so I don't know if this is like a good analogy or not because I didn't go too deep into it. But like, if you like code on the computer and you're writing this code and imagining how it's going to play out and you know, affect the program or software that you're building and you when you finally hit play and it does what you want. That's what I see how I view event planning mm-hmm. is like the end goal of this program or this event is to have this result, which is employees feeling happy, um, feeling, you know, like it went easy, it was smooth, mm-hmm. the client is happy that they hit all the points, employees are happy, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of like how I view planning events. It's like you're putting these pieces together and eventually it's going to you're going to hit play and you're going to see if what you predicted was right or it wasn't and yeah. if it wasn't you got to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's really interesting. I'm glad you brought up the contract physician because I know we had briefly ta- chatted about it before mm-hmm. where Yes, you have uh, different businesses as an entrepreneur, but you're also supplementing it with working for mm-hmm. other businesses. Yeah, they got the money. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, this concept of a portfolio career mm-hmm. where you can have these different areas that you play in um, while also building your own totally. business too. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, going back to my point earlier of having a healthier relationship with um, and a, enough distance from corporate America to be able to now design my own terms of what I want. Like quite literally, you put it on an agreement of like, here are my terms. Yes. You can agree or not agree. Right. You know, and then here's the number that comes with it. Yes. And like how empowering is that? Right. Like uh, and, you know, like it, it's it's it goes back to relationship building too. Mm-hmm. Like they have to trust you and sure you can put things on paper and make it seem nice. But if you, if they don't vibe with you and if you don't really work well together, then that just becomes a paper. That's an inconvenience. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so going back to your point of like gig work, I had no idea that that was a thing when I was um, starting to explore my options as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just, employers don't want you to be your own business owner so it's either all or nothing but I think that we're starting to find that well first of all it's your not really your employer's business what you do on the weekend so we see in Hawaii like a lot of pop-up shops or people who do farmers markets and do jewelry on the side like that's awesome and most of them have full-time jobs you Mm -hmm. know so I, I think that's very empowering of you can still figure out what you want to do play in a safe sandbox where you can test it out and do I like entrepreneurship do I not and then if you choose that this is right for you then you can you know figure out and strategize on how you can make it your full-time thing yeah and and also being open to how that path will look like Mm -hmm. and you know something I'm learning in entrepreneurship is you can try a lot of different things that feels aligned to you and yeah. what you want to put on your business, but then be open to how that looks like and toward at the end and what that journey looks mm-hmm. like. And so part of it too is um, being able to still do what you like, but maybe as a contractor yeah. or as a consultant for another company. Maybe we should define like what gig work is. Yeah. Because that that's such a, like a new thing. I yes. think, well, I mean, for a... a 
old millennial like mm-hmm. me, like it's it, I didn't know what that was. So how do you define gig work? What does that mean? I think in a way it's almost like freelance mm-hmm. Be- or, you know, a freelancer, but also you could be a consultant as well for different companies. And you can do that part time. Like you said, it's here's the terms is on a contract. Here's the number of hours. Um, you don't get any benefits, full time benefits, but it's within these parameters. And this is how much it'll cost. And that gives you freedom outside of those hours. It gives mm-hmm. you freedom outside of what's in that scope of work versus when you work full time for a company. I think we all know the lines are blurred. You're hired, but then you don't really work 40 mm-hmm hours a week and then you end up taking on extra responsibilities and then you don't get the title or the pay Mm -hmm. (laughs) that goes with all this extra pieces uh, especially if you're someone who's driven and want to move up Um, so you have a little bit of a a more freedom Mm -hmm. Um, so something to to consider for anyone who does want to explore something else outside of what's in their current nine to five is begin some type of gig or freelance Mm -hmm. on the side, see how it's like and see if you're able to kind of build that in your transition. Yeah. I'd love to hear, well, I think I'd want to go into what all of your different business ventures are. Mm -hmm. And then also kind of weaved in there is what do you think your purpose is your dharma Mm. and how you feel like that's being expressed um through what you're doing today or are you know what part of the journey are you in and figuring it out it's so funny my palms are getting so clammy do you see Uh. the shine (laughs) once you said like all your businesses i was like you're right was like a lot of businesses under this one roof um and i don't know how we got here (laughs) i don't know how we ended up with five different businesses and that's the journey of entrepreneurship oh gosh yeah (laughs) or adhd i don't know maybe both um but i think i think yeah so it didn't become clear to me that there was a single thread between all of my businesses until like recently so community building well i started off with you know i'm an entrepreneur And I kept sharing that with people. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I probably should come up with a title because people are going to be thinking that I sell drugs or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I started to really like investigate. Well, what am I? If I say I'm an entrepreneur, what does that really mean? Like I can start off with the industry. What industry am I in? And I started to reflect, well, I do host these regular events for our community of female entrepreneurs called the Oak and Pine Society. Um, One business. Um, So that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm an event planner. And as soon as I found clarity there, saying like, I am stepping into the identity of being an event planner because I love human connections. And the way that I want to and choose to use my skills and talent is to support people who are building community and building a strong culture. So second business, uh, that's when I started getting destination management um, clients where, you know, we do um, the travel, the flights, travel, logistics, hotels, and all of that. Um, And I really, really love that because I I enjoy the project management side Mm -hmm. of it. And I love taking something that's very complex and boiling it down to make it very simple and easy to digest. Um, So that's the second business. And I always wanted to have a container where it's like our headquarters essentially like Mm -hmm. 
because with Oak and Pine, we grew from seven to 100 members during the pandemic. So I'm like, well, we are going to all of these different places to host events. Like, I wonder if there would be a place where we can just do that. And when I started my business, I knew I didn't want to work alone. So co-working came up to my mind and that was a brand new concept to me like five years ago. I was like, okay, my goal is to eventually have a co-working space. Mm -hmm. Ding! Third business. So yeah, it, that that was my third business of because I knew that community was always a big thing of mine. It's a core value. It's something that I really strive to implement in all the businesses mm -hmm. that I create. Um, and then, you know, so that was the second business. And then with Gather, our big mission here, which is our co-work space, our big mission here is to get more women in leadership positions and create more profitable women-owned businesses. Looking back on my past journey, um, seeing my mentors, my colleagues, um, I've always admired women who try their best to balance both and, you know, not give up on their career because they also want a family, like they're trying their best. So I realized that we're taking care of the entrepreneurship side by, you know, giving resources and community to new entrepreneurs. Um, how am I going to support that second part of the mission, which is getting more women in leadership positions? So, ding! What is this? Four? Fourth, the fourth yeah. one? So um, with um, with that, we created an, an, and it's still in beta. Um, Casey's part of it. Thank you for being part of it. We're still in beta, which is uh, called Work Tribe. It's a program, a maternity transition program that helps and supports women through community resources um, and co-working essentially to ease back into the workforce. So it's, as we know, being a new mom, that's just a huge transition. And with any transition, whether you're being an entrepreneur or you're being a new career mom, um, you have to figure out like what your new mm -hmm. you know rhythm looks like. So providing women with the community and the resources to figure that out for herself, um, that's, that's what we're looking to do with the Work Tribe program. And I'm looking to partner with other employers that want to support their um, female employees by providing this as an employee benefit. Um, so that's still in beta, but that is my third business. And then the last business that I have under this roof is um, a planner, like a physical planner. I wish I brought it. Um, but, you know, the idea of planning is uh, the I designed it for myself where mm -hmm. it's mind, It's a three month planner. It starts with what are your rituals that you wanna try for this quarter? And that's your morning, your work day, and your evening rituals. What are your mindset? What boundaries are you setting for yourself? What are the three top goals that you're looking to create? And then um, it's a daily planner where you start with mindset, you do morning journaling, you have a memorable moment. Uh, I did one yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if this is appropriate, um, but Part of the journal is like write down a memorable moment of that day. Mm -hmm. And I had one early on where um, yesterday, yesterday I was on the toilet with, <laughs> you know, just getting ready for the day on the toilet. And my husband walks in and he's like, I just, you know, wanted to tell you that I'm loving this new life that I have. And he was really opening up at this point. And I'm just like. <laughs> I'm like, man we we are comfortable here um and so <laughs> he was opening up and i i wanted to hold space for him so i was yeah. just like okay i'm just gonna <laughs> clench that for a moment and just listen to what he has to say and we are doing this okay um so he opened up and shared and and my memorable memorable moment that i wrote down was my husband opening up to me while I was on the toilet. <laughs> and uh, Sammy 
Sammy took a really great photo of Chief, who's my dog. He was laying on my planner and he was just kind of like sleeping. He was cute and snuggly on our blue couch over here. And she took a picture, sent it very honestly. And um, when you zoom in, Mm -hmm. it says exactly that. So it says memorable moment. Marshall opening up when I was on the toilet. (laughs) And now I'm posting it on her Instagram page because it's priceless. So if you zoom in on that anyway. um, Yeah, so that's. That I, I have no idea where I got. Oh, yeah. So that's my fifth business is the planner. Um, because I believe as an entrepreneur, as a career person, getting your mindset right and really aligning with your actions before mm-hmm. taking it, uh, that is important. Yeah. And I see how you operate. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, involved in most of your businesses. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious what sort of drives you, you know, after you went through, you know, that time of what am I doing, that, you know, rough transition, mm-hmm. uh, then Chief came into your life, helped bring back, you know, structure, and things started to kind of roll. What's driving, like, that momentum? What's driving you to then start the work tribe? And then what's driving you to then, okay, I have this other business, you know, with the planner? Yeah, I think I went through phases, if I'm being honest. Like, first, I started and I I had to, like, this was a moment of reflection, I think, with my coach. I was like, I feel a lot of responsibility. Now that we have 100 members, I feel like I have 100 people who are relying on this container to be able to really, you know, design life on their terms and, and and find community. And that was scary for me, knowing that I'm responsible for 100 people and providing inspiration and and, uh, resources to be able to do that for their Mm -hmm. own life. I'm like, gosh, how did I get here? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's been been quite a bit. so I worked through that and realized that, you know, it's it's a responsibility that I'm willing to take. So I've decided to move forward with it and still continue to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I found and really had to sit with that uncomfortable question yeah. um, because I think that's what gets me going. Like, yeah, I think like because I know that community is a huge part of my businesses, mm-hmm. all of them. Like we think about Work Tribe, Oak and Pine, Gather, which is mm-hmm. a co-working space, and even the planning stuff. And yeah, the DMC stuff. It's all about community and culture. And I think that's what keeps me going. I feel a sense of, of and I don't want to say purpose as much because it sounds so cliche, but I do feel a sense of like duty and responsibility mm-hmm. um, that I'm willing to put out there. And um I think when I am to oversimplify it, I just really value human connection. Yeah. In a world that's going digital, I could easily make an online community, um, but I'm choosing to do all of my businesses in person, yeah. even with the planner. So we're going to start yeah. having in-person planning sessions. And um, again, that could easily be online. But I think because my own personal values is that we cannot lose that sense of human connections in person yeah. and we can't lose that prior that that sense of um um yeah what's the right word of th- for this like 
it's easy to it's easy to join a Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, and it's a commitment to go to an in-person workshop. Yeah. So if we're looking for ease and comfortable, Mm -hmm. most people are going to go online. Mm -hmm. But the deeper connections that you can make are in person. It happens quicker. Yes. Um, Yeah. I'm not ready to live in player one mode. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? No, I heard about it though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have like that headset and then you're like living a different life in oh gosh. AI or whatever. Well, it's it's they they live in these containers like quite literally and they're so segmented. Oh. And they basically have their life mm-hmm. in in this virtual world and oh. that's their identity and that's where they choose to mm-hmm. hang out and be in. Um spoiler alert if you <laughs> are going to watch it hit silent but or mute but at the end of it they realized like they they ended up shutting down that virtual place like twice mm-hmm. a week or something so that people can continue to like you know connect and connect person. in person yeah because yeah, i think that's important and i think that's the same thing with with real life yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agree it, it, anything in person because it's more dynamic it's there in the 3d versus um, virtually is going to be more powerful yeah. and that connection will be greater. Um, so thank you for providing all of these spaces oh, thanks. for the community here. <laughs> well, thanks for being part of it. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, thanks again for, for providing these spaces for all of us to connect in person, um, for us to share resources, to learn from each other, to commit to the life that we want to design for ourselves um, and to support each other in that process. So that has been, uh, you know, a key part of my own integration when I moved on island a year ago. So thank you. And also, what are you kind of thinking even mid to long term in terms of what you you know, other things you want to offer. Is there sort of like this North Star with where you want to take your larger business? I've made the decision that I need to stop making businesses and just (laughs) focus on on what I wanted, uh, on what's already working and what's working well, then just dump fuel to that. Um, So I think my long-term goal is still the same mission, you know, to support women um, and how I do that will still be pretty similar of creating containers and mm-hmm. places and my, my you know, how we're already doing it. But I would say, like, I, my, my long-term vision is to be able to grow and, and scale a business that I can easily step away from. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can still provide stewardship or guidance of, like, here's the vision, this is where we're going, but... I don't have to be the main planner anymore or I don't have to be the main person in operations. And I think that's that's something important for people who are choosing the entrepreneur route is if you're choosing, and I, I, I these were wise words from a mentor that I have and had um, back then of like, if you're working in your business and you're not intentionally strategizing to scale it so that you can step away, then mm-hmm. essentially you're just building yourself a job and mm-hmm. with no benefits, with no guarantee pay, and it's just a job at this point. So, um, you know, when you're building something, especially from the ground up, um, setting the intention of like, this is what I want the essence to be 
this is my life that I want to live at the end of it. And this is how I want to feel fulfilled. And that on the journey is a lot easier said than done. Like there's been a lot of parts of my path of like, I can, I, and I should just like lean into this one aspect of my business because it's making all the money. Mm-hmm. But then I lose that sense of um, purpose and responsibility at that point. And then it feels like a job. So yeah. finding like the balance between the two is very important. And um, it's not easy. Like even a few weeks ago, I, when I was beta testing and am beta testing work tribe, I like broke down the next day of that first pilot mm. because I was like, this is so hard to have babies in the space, but I just want to help moms and I just want to have purpose in my business. And, um, you know, I think knowing, and that was a low and a reflection point again of, okay, well, if this is what you really want, then get creative and figure out the solution. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to summarize what I'm trying to say is I, what I view myself as, I just want to be a person part of it, mm-hmm. but the it's self, it's running itself with the right people, with mm-hmm. the right mission, people who are invested in it, um, and I can be part of it, and mm-hmm. not not just the person you know leading the ship anymore. It's like I can be the person who is you know putting the events together, and mm-hmm. you know, yes, yeah, you're designing you know, your life for the long term as well. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned this before with the planner, um, but are there any other practices, well-being practices that you do to help keep you grounded as you are running all these businesses and wearing these different hats? Oh, my gosh. Uh, It used to be naps, but (laughs) (laughs) since opening the space five months ago, naps have not been an issue but i do have like this like new wave of energy so Mm -hmm. i I don't necessarily need it although i did go to sleep at 7 30 last night because i was so tired um but definitely like recognizing and recognizing the self-awareness um skill of Mm -hmm. of recognizing what my body needs and if i'm tired um and then being able to communicate that Mm -hmm. like i just need to go to bed early and um being able to set that up so I would say, yeah, like a, a, a just developing the sense of awareness and communication skills to be able to like explain, but not have to explain, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Communication and naps. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I feel like sleep and rest is definitely underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent years, especially with the whole COVID hit and everyone's thinking about how to redesign their life, it's starting to come back into focus mm-hmm. and how that is just as, if not more important than exercise. Yeah. Like if you had to pick yeah. between the two is sleep. So. Oh my gosh. And I wish I had something like fancier to say. Of like yeah. I go on meditation <laughs> retreats once a year and I do yoga every morning. No, I yeah. don't, don't do that. No, I'm totally with you with, yes, prioritizing sleep rest naps um when you need it so yeah. i'm um, getting practical like i yeah. still see the value in meditation yeah. but there's also practical meditation right of yeah. like having moments of silence and stillness and not mm-hmm. necessarily having to jump on an app to do that yeah. like being able to do it throughout your day i think is the ultimate meditation skill yes. that you can develop and yeah. that comes with practice and you know yeah. it's just stillness and sometimes it's it's not a comfortable place to be mm-hmm. 
to be still and quiet and like listen, mm -hmm. but not listen, but do nothing. Yeah. Yet something. <laughs> Ooh, so poetic. <laughs> so wise. <laughs> Sometimes it's also just taking a walk around the block. Oh, getting sure. sun and just, you know, not listening to music or yeah. podcast, just mm -hmm. taking a walk um, and doing that. So. Yeah, the awareness of your surroundings. Yeah. Like you hear the birds chirping. Yes. Yeah. I definitely do that with Chief during yes. our walks. I'm yeah. like, oh, there we go. Nice. That's you another know, practice you're fresh doing. Fresh breeze, <laughs> listening to the birds chirp, and then all of a sudden you hear Chief fart, and yes. you're just like, oh, this Aww. is paradise. Yeah. <laughs> now I got to pick it up. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for being a guest on the HelloFlow podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation. Where can um, people follow you, connect with you, find you? Um, where can they join Oaken Pine or, or gather? Yeah, um, I would say start off with um, www.gathercoworking.com. And that is basically the house of gather where we have our programs, our workspace and our um, our events essentially, and it those are like the three ways that have been organizing all these businesses. So programs has Oak and Pine on there. It has Work Tribe. Um, the workspace is obviously the co-work space and event venue, and then the event side is my DMC services. Um, so that would be a great place to start. We're also very present on Instagram, so you can follow our handles um, with at Gather co-events and then it'll lead you to the different programs and products that we have amazing well thank you again michelle thank you thanks for having me it was so nice to sit down and get to know michelle and her story beyond the person i know who created these wonderful and welcoming communities on the island of oahu and something that i love about her businesses is that she creates intentional spaces for learning collaboration and well-being and her businesses are very family-forward and family-oriented, values that are a big part of her why and what drives and motivates her in her life and businesses. They truly are values-based, purpose-driven organizations that serve her local community. And as we discussed during our conversation, everybody's journey is different. If you are listening to this episode and are wondering what's next for you professionally, how can you align more with your values, how can you express your dharma in a way that's unique to you, that is a journey and story only you can write and experience for yourself. The first step is to do something, is to explore. It doesn't necessarily mean to do a 180 degree turn and completely change your entire life. It can look like small micro steps and it can be making one small change outside of your comfort zone. It can look like talking out and strategizing what the options may be. It can also look like not eliminating anything, but rather adding something new to your life and career if you have the capacity. There are a few previous episodes I'll link in the show notes that can be a starting point if you are in a season of transition or about to be in a season of transition in your life. And so I will leave you with a quote from Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, cash the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If there's anything that resonated with you, please share it on Instagram and tag me at CaseyCan underscore and at HelloFlow Collective. I would love to hear from you. As always, if you enjoy listening to what we discuss on the podcast, please share the show with friends who may also resonate. And don't forget to also subscribe, rate, and review. See you next time on the HelloFlow podcast.